following program is brought to you by Susty Party, an online party supply store for eco-friendly party products and biodegradable compostable tableware. For more information, visit SustyParty.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Episode 46, The Morning After on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jesse Kiefer, here with the lovely Jen Tullock again. Happy Sunday! It's, it's great to be here with you, Jen. And I also, I want to extend a congratulations to you, because you just ended a great run at the People's Im- Improv uh, with your show, Prayed Away with Oscar and Jen. Well, thank you, Jesse. Thank you for coming. Mm, and and It's, uh, it's going to bring you many, many more amazing opportunities, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, I'm glad. It was great. Uh, and thank you to everyone that came out. It was a great run, but I am certainly glad... Um, that one of the 45 things is over. <laughs> so, so time to relax. So I can have more time with you. Beautiful. <laughs> I always need more time with you. Um, in studio today, we have John McCarthy, beverage director for Highlands Restaurant Group and todayshow.com cocktail guru. <laughs> I, I thought the cocktail guru on uh, today was, uh, was Kathy Lee, but uh, apparently it's No, you. that's straight vodka, baby. John knows cocktails. Kathy just does straight vodka. I was going to needlepoint today.com cocktail guru on a little pillow for you. I would love that. But I ran out of time and energy. Oh, man. We can make t-shirts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that would take a lot less effort. You just do that on the internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. I'm super stoked to have John McCarthy, though, because I have the privilege of working with him, and he's a, a good friend of mine. We work together at HRG, as us insiders like to call it. Yeah. Um, John uh, is not only our beverage director for the company at large, but is is also head bartender at Whitehall, and also sometimes we're lucky enough to have him behind the bar at Highlands, where I work. Um, both restaurants over in the West Village. If you're in the neighborhood, you should do yourself a favor and come in because this man throws some pretty mean drinks. Well, that's a nice thing to say. Just duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's aggressive. You're aggressive, man. <laughs> Speaking of aggressive, um, actually, no, that's not the segue. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of incredibly attractive um, people. We're going to be uh, debuting a new segment today later in the show uh, that we're all really excited about. It's called What's on the Menu at Chardonnay's. And Chardonnay's is the mythical 90s restaurant where all bad 90s food and wine trends flourish. And yet where all dreams come true. (laughs) That is well. Um, So we're going to be hearing from some people from Red Hook Winery about what's on the menu at Chardonnay's. And I am definitely going to call upon John to create a cocktail for the cocktail menu at Chardonnay's. Which you know is laminated. Oh, 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 fantastic. (laughs) That's a laminated cocktail menu. In one of those like stand-up plastic, uh, like, you know, things. That you used to put pictures in. Each cocktail is at least a foot high with a light up bottom. And I, I hope there's a flaming drink on, on oh, it. So, I'm, I mean, the, op- the opportunities are endless. Um, but absolutely excited to get to this next segment. Uh, front of House. We debuted at the last two shows. Um, it's about front of house mishaps. And this one is coming from David Trotta, who was on the show last week, uh, operations manager for. Uh, Jackster Brew Coffee, and it is going to be channeled through another friend of the another show. Friend of another the show, friend of the yeah. show. Dame, the spirit yeah, yeah. of of Dame Joan Plowright, the Baroness Olivier. So get ready, people. At my first job as a server, I had the pleasure of working at a place that put the food out so terribly slowly that they needed to. St- a distraction from the long wait time. Thus, the beginning of my singing waiter days. 
I was young, full of myself, and thought I was a 20-year-old Frank Sinatra. The tickets would back up in the kitchen and I would get my chance, either behind a piano or crooning tableside in Italiano. Now for the story. The day was Mother's Day, the Christmas of the service industry. I was the singing waiter at a local Italian spot on Main Street, America. Classics Mother's Day tradition would call for a limited set menu, as a lovely young family came to the host stand and outburst erupted over the fact that fettuccine Alfredo was not being served. If I hadn't mentioned, this place was very, very classy. Finally, after a battle with the owner-host and being awarded the nickname Table A-Hole, our guests were seated. I always love a challenge, and I was eager to win our new friends at Table A-Hole back and give them a happy Mother's Day. The kitchen had agreed to make their requested dish, so we were off to a good start. As I put in the order, I made an extra fake check marked Table A-Hole to give the kitchen for the owner to see and get a laugh to lighten the mood. From then on, things went smooth sailing. Table A's meal went like a symphony, finished off with a song from the singing waiter. As I sat playing piano, embellishing in the solo I was taking, I could see the husband of Table A-Hole staring at me. He was really into the song, so I extended the solo, thinking how great I was, turning their day around and giving them a proper Mother's Day and now a proper exit. Now the whole family was watching. Perfect, I thought. They want more. They love my playing. After I finished a 15-minute version of your song by Elton John, I went to wish them a happy Mother's Day. Yet sadly, they had already left. All that was left was my boss with his hand open, as if expecting money from me, and a check in his other hand marked Table A-Hole. It seems in my zeal to play the wrong check was handed out and the family wasn't into my playing at all. They were holding back their father from killing me. Happy Mother's Day. God bless America. We'll be back with John McCarthy. This is the morning after on Heritage Radio Network. Jessica Holsey. We are the entrepreneurs behind Susty Party. Susty Party creates responsibly made, eco-friendly party supplies and compostable tableware. Parties and events generate the second largest amount of waste in the USA, just behind the construction industry. Susty Party products make parties more sustainable and sustainability a little more fun. Susty Party plates, bowls, and straws are available in Whole Foods retail stores and also at SustyParty.com. We offer a curated selection of 
other SUSTI-approved party supplies. We also have a commercial division, SUSTIware, that sells compostable tableware in bulk to businesses and food service industry establishments. SUSTI Party is a certified youth trade company and B Corporation. Our social, economic, environmental, and even spiritual values drive SUSTI Party to live our motto, Respect Respect Earth and and party Party On! And we are back here at the morning after on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, this is Jen Tullick with my lovely co-host, Jesse Kifa. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Jesse? Uh, so in the studio today, we've got a good friend of mine and a co-worker, John McCarthy, uh, who is the beverage director and head bartender at Highlands Restaurant Group. Uh, John, it's nice to have you, buddy. Thanks, Jen. It's great to be here. <laughs> Hi, Jess. We were hey, just John. we were just talking uh, before the show about John's running shoes, which I was lusting after because I've been saving up for the same ones. They're my new kicks. And uh, this guy beat me to the punch. So, John, uh, getting down to business, you've yes. been getting a lot of press lately, which is awesome. You won the Edible Manhattan Great King Street competition in January. Yes. You have had cocktails featured in both In Style and Out Magazine. To name the a few magazines. And most recently, you were given your own featured video series on Today.com, which is so cool. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, they have a, uh, on the, uh, the food page of Today.com, they have a uh, cooking school video series. Uh, and uh, September is Mixology Month. Uh, so we did uh, four videos uh, teaching people how to make cocktails. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Great. Now, which, which cocktails did you make? Um, well, three are up right now. There's one more coming up next week. Um, so I made uh, the Queen's Diamond Jubilee cocktail, which was a special we ran at Whitehall uh, for the summer, seeing as uh, Whitehall is an English bar and kitchen. And uh, I made a Rum Collins and taught people how to make cardamom syrup. And uh, I made the drink from the Edible Manhattan competition with mezcal and scotch and i get to set stuff on fire and that's pretty cool i love a flaming drink dude <laughs> i love a, fire i love a awesome. flaming anything yeah exactly a flaming man a flaming <laughs> drink um so speaking of cardamom syrup yes as as we were talking about flaming cardamom, cardamom syrup flaming cardamom syrup um you do a lot of infusions and i know obviously this has been a big trend in the industry particularly in new york over the past couple of years definitely infusing the spirit infusing the syrups making tinctures what can you yes exactly if you what can you tell us about uh the kind of stuff you're doing in that vein right now okay um well i mean i think one of the things that like the connection that i see is it all started with the food network yeah once we had celebrity chefs and uh everything became artisanal in the kitchen at restaurants and now that's at the bar so Mm -hmm. if you can make it yourself you're gonna make it you know if i'm if i'm locally sourcing my orange peels and making my orange bitters in-house it's just a more handcrafted product which funnily enough costs less and tastes better yeah was it was it brian that was here from uh originally tertulia a couple of weeks ago uh, he, he's from uh, he was a, he was from Aldea and he was the bar manager there and now yes. he's at Socorot. But yeah, our, our good friend Brian Block was. I get all uh, those sexy Spanish places mixed up. I get so excited I about know, them. I know. It's difficult. They're all, saying, on 19th, though, they're all on 19th Street too. Yes, I know. He was saying uh, a couple weeks ago, John, that he instead of using rye in a drink, he was taking bourbon and infusing it with black pepper to sort of achieve a similar thing, but obviously in a more do-it-yourself sort of way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I take uh, at uh, Highlands, I take vodka and infuse it with heather flowers i mean i'm basically making gin right 
you know, add the botanicals, add the botanicals, and just do it, do it yourself. And when somebody wants a vodka drink, I'm sneakily, I'm, I'm giving them a gin drink, which they I, just don't know which it. I love because I think typically people order a vodka drink because they're looking for a tasteless, clean booze, which they think they want and they don't realize. You are a very intelligent woman. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> That's um, exactly and that, what I thought. And that heather-infused <laughs> vodka is used in a drink called the Lady of the Lock, which is my favorite on our list currently. I, it's so brilliant. It's with lavender bitters. What else is in that drink? Uh, we make the lavender bitters in-house. Um, honey, lemon, and then heather-infused vodka. It's a variation. I mean, the wheel was already invented, so all cocktails are just variations on sure. mm-hmm. other things. Uh, so this is a variation on a drink called a Bee's Knees, um, which is uh, honey and lemon. and It's, yeah. Yeah. Classic. Love it. And then you're doing another, you're doing another, uh, dare I call it a tincture, I don't know if if that's what you would call it, but it involves fire. Yes. John McCarthy's <laughs> hot stuff. Yeah. What's in that, man? Um, well, the, you can call it a bitters or you can call it a tincture. I, um, uh, Derek Brown down in uh, D.C., he's one of the gurus in this trade. I was talking with him and... Because uh, I was like, what? How do, how do we decide what's a bitter and what's a tincture? And, and uh, I th- is there a technical difference? Well, it's really it. Well, after we talked about it for fifteen minutes, we both kind of decided that. Well, you can pretty much just decide whatever you want to call it, right? You know. Uh, but I think one rule of thumb is if you're only using one thing, call it a tincture. If you're using several ingredients, then we'll call it a bitter. So if I was just making infusing lavender, then it would be a tincture. But since I'm using all these other things, um, I'm calling it a bitter. Um, so this is a habanero bitters that I'm making, um, but it's habanero and black pepper and white pepper and mustard seed and cinnamon and um, allspice and and uh, and cloves. So it has like flavor, but it's it's hot at the same time. I have tasted it, and let me tell you, in addition to its brilliant flavor profile, it also has some serious medicinal qualities because <laughs> I was starting to get a cold last week. It will definitely. That's the poured, tincture. Then. I poured myself tincture. a shot of that, <laughs> and I felt better immediately. Um, so what drink are you using that in? Uh, right now I'm using it with, <clears throat> excuse me, with a uh, mezcal cocktail um, at, at Highland. So it's a smoky, uh, spicy, um, margarita-y, um, non-margarita-y uh, cocktail with a black pepper garnish on top. I feel like tequila is, this for me anyway, the spirit that's hardest to be flexible with because... You with the vodka origin, I, I feel like that that's a blanker canvas. But with tequila, because of its inherent flavor, I, f- I feel like people, of course, it's like okay, well, obviously there's citrus with it, or obviously there's whatever fill in the blank. But I, I you've done a lot of cool stuff with both tequila and mezcal. Yes, uh, it's well, cousin. Well, yeah, well, I definitely um, because you know one of our bars is a Scotch bar. I definitely um, go to mezcal more because it's more of a terroir-driven uh, spirit, and it has like a smoky, earthy quality to it that just pairs well with scotch I find it's very a la scotch yeah you know yeah um, and for this um, uh, the scheme is the uh, mezcal drink with the fire um, just you know simply just I'm just muddling lemons adding some lemon juice uh, a little ginger the mezcal and then this fire water um, and it's 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 filling the slot for people that want a spicy margarita without just giving them the chardonnays <laughs> Spicy margarita. Way to bring it back. The sou- sour mix TM. or something like that. Chardonnay's TM. Uh, now, you uh, we're talking about uh, talking about mezcal. There's another drink on the menu that I, I people get really excited about, and I know has gotten you some buzz, and, and that's called the McQueen. Yes. So that not only has mezcal, but combines mezcal and scotch, case in point. So what else is in that bad boy? Um, so that one is... Uh, it's on the video. 
uh, on the today.com and that's the edible Manhattan cocktail the McQueen um, so that is scotch um, which scotch um, you, the Great King Street which is a beautiful a blend compass box blended scotch really smooth um, quality product uh, Fidencio Mezcal which is an estate grown and uh, bottled Mezcal that's um, uh, my favorite absolutely uh, some dark agave orange bitters Mexican chocolate bitters um, we stir it all together. I rinse the glass with peated scotch, uh, and then I set a grapefruit um, uh, fire. I like when you take a grapefruit peel or an orange peel or a lemon peel, and you express the oil onto the top of the drink. Mm-hmm. That oil's flammable, so if you pass it over fire, it'll ignite. Does it just like spark, or is it like it'll be like a little like a little, ball, little ball of flowers? It's a fireball every time it happens. Shoot down. So folks should not try this at home. No, ladies with a lot of hair product, if you'll remember our last front of house segment, should stay away from this drink. Because <laughs> as well as candles they and might, all fire. They might go up in flame. Now, John, honestly, you were the first person to really teach me about Mezcal because, I mean, I knew what it was. Obviously, I'd served it you know, at other jobs before. It's from the agave plant, for those not, not acquainted, from the agave plant, similar to tequila. Yes. But w- with, uh, like tequila John said. Tequila is a form of Mezcal. Yes. So Mezcal in its pure form does have a smokier quality. And there was a night, and I'll never forget this. It's one of my favorite restaurant memories. We were working uh, at Mary Queen of Scots together, and you had a bottle of Fidencio, and you said, has anyone ever shown you how to drink mezcal properly? And I said, no. I I mean, what does that mean? And you said, here, I'll show you. And you set me down. It was after hours. It was three in the morning. We'd close the restaurant. Best time to drink at a bar, Yes, absolutely. Especially mezcal. (laughs) You poured us us two two glasses of mezcal and you got out orange uh, orange slices mm-hmm. and then there was a, it was a salt mix but I don't remember what was in it uh, gusano yeah gusano yeah and traditionally similar to the traditional tequila shot with salt and lime you well, well I'll have you explain it well first gusano is um, salt cayenne and the, the uh, they call it the worm but the the larvae that lives inside the maguey plant the agave plant that is dried and ground up and mixed in with the salt. So that's like, if you remember, there was a little bit of an earthy flavor. Yes, there was. Uh, that was that was <laughs> you gra- ate the worm. That was, that was worm. ground up worm. Mama ain't no vegetarian. Uh, so yeah, you, you sip on the uh, you sip on the mezcal and you take a pinch of the salt and put it on your tongue and sip some more. You take a bite of the orange and you sip some more. And the next thing you know, it's two hours later and you've drunk a it bottle was of mezcal. Un- it was unbelievable. I mean, it, the the experience of it, the palate experience of it, was so cool. And you were telling me that you learned that in Mexico when you were there. Right? I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I, I cherish the memory. <laughs> oh, but really, the you were the first person that taught me about it because it was a spirit that I, I think it is a spirit that is sort of mysterious to people. And they're like, oh, I'll just have tequila. Right, right. And I feel like people are doing more and more you know, stuff with uh, mezcal and cocktails right now. And you're definitely at the forefront of that, which is really exciting. Um, I actually had a question uh, in watching your your videos and and seeing how you you shake you shake the sa- the same way every time. I, I want Do my to little know dance. <laughs> does does the shake matter? I, I feel like so. there's like a, a science behind it. I, I remember being at Maison Premier and seeing Maxwell Britton. Like I, I actually may, maybe it wasn't Maxwell, but it was another bartender there. Um, put the shaker up really aggressively, put the shaker down really aggressively, and then put the shaker to the middle really aggressively. <laughs> and it was, it was like this weird like triangle thing, and I was like, what is happening? I couldn't stop watching it. It's like jazzercise. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of exercise shaking. Uh, I know, right? But, um, you know, shake waiting. Uh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, what, what do you know about the science behind that? Well, I mean, one... 
uh, we all, everybody has their own shake. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, you're doing your little dance. I mean, that's one thing, you know, do a little dance. Um, But also you are, um, when you have a, you have stirred cocktails, you have shaken cocktails. For the most part, this is not always true, but for the most part, um, if you have citrus in the drink, you're going to shake it. Um, If it's just booze, you're probably going to stir it. Is it because the citrus would kind of sink to the bottom? Because you, you really want to get that. Infu- you like you, infuse wanna, it you want to infuse it. You want to emulsify everything. You want to get the mix going. Um, and then depending on what kind of, I mean, right, we can geek out about this all day. Depending on what kind of ice you have, you're going to shake differently. If you have little bits of chip ice, you just got to do a quick little shake. Mm-hmm. If you have the big cold draft ones, you got to really beat it because you need to get the ice to break up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, sometimes you want to roll it some, and like, yeah, like a hard break because you're trying to get the big ice cubes to break up so that you can get a little bit of, you want a little bit of water, a little ice melt in your cocktail to open up the drink and smooth it out. So that wasn't just like his persona. That was, well, it's prob- that, but it's that too. And, and that's another thing we were talking about with, with Brian Block uh, when he was here a few episodes ago was that whole bartender persona, like the you know the vest the mustache the glasses the suspenders I do not have a mustache by the you way you do not you're you're actually wearing a fila jacket yeah yeah so and you've got your Nikes on so I see that the persona isn't necessarily uh, <laughs> I don't have any through. I have no pomade in my hair and uh, there's no um, mustache wax no that is some suave product <laughs> I know that to be true now I, I'm just teasing you but how did but you yes there it is the whole show the whole yeah show. okay got it the theater so yeah. speaking of theater. Uh, John and I know each other <laughs> another way. John's also a really talented actor. We have the same agent. Yes, we do. Uh, um, we were talking a bit, you know, before about the theatricality of bartending and even just being on the floor and, uh, you know, so much is presentation and being able to sell a product to somebody. And of course, you always want to believe that you've got a, a, a beautiful and well-crafted product to sell, but a large percentage, especially behind the bar, and I watch you do it, you know, three nights a week is selling to people, selling an idea to people, not just a product, but an idea, the experience to people. And I was wondering how so many of us, and we talked about this with Brian as well, so many in in New York come here for a creative career and we find this like hidden gem of a second career Mm. in the restaurant, the food and wine industry, which is so cool. And I was wondering how you came to work in the industry. Well, I I actually... um my first job, I was a fry cook when I was 17 at a sports bar. When really? I, when I was a senior in, uh, in high school and I was a dishwasher in college and I was a line cook for three years in college. So I, I used to think I was going to be a, a chef, um, but uh, I didn't go to culinary school and I um, apparently can't learn uh, Spanish. So uh, <laughs> uh, nobody would hire me oh, in the man. kitchen. They just laughed at me. I said, good luck, kid. So I moved into the front of the house and became a barback. So you were barback. Now, what age was were you barbacking? Uh, early twenties. Yeah, early twenties. And how long did you do that before you made the transition? Uh, uh, well, I tell my barbacks I did it forever because <laughs> I know their job. But I'm, Pete Emil, if you're yeah, listening, if you're listening, I did it forever, guys. <laughs> uh, I don't know, three months, six months, something yeah. like that, and then I started like um, uh, daytime bartending, like lunch. Mm. Right. You know, the natural progression, you know, bar back, lunch, bartender, brunch, bartender, Sunday night, bartender to where you get to the, you know, the, 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 the top tier where you're working Wednesday through Saturday. I mean, they've got to tear you through brunch. Otherwise, you know, you'll never be good at your job. Oh my God. Brunch. Brunch, brunch is, is just, it's just a brutal it's thing. It's like the food and wine bar mitzvah. <laughs> it is. It's like, you are now a man. You have served 362 mimosas. Right. To angry hungover people. 
I'll bet. tell you a funny story though. I um, my my mom's a psychologist, and she had us all take these abilities tests when we were. Um, uh, 18 it was this thing to like uh, no, my mom's a therapist and i never no. never ever got this oh, so man. i'm very and, oh my god we have two therapist kids oh in my here. god and everybody's boyfriends or girlfriends or wives had to take it and it's like <laughs> oh my god so your mom got into your significant other's head not a good thing um but this thing would like rate what you were good at and uh my feedback was i should be a performer or a scientist and I laugh now with my mom. I'm like, if it had said performer and scientist, I could have skipped college and just gone right to bartending. Yes, it's basically it's what precisely I do for a your skill set. That's yeah. amazing, man. All right, guys, we're well, going to take a break. We'll come back with John, uh, hear a little from his uh, todayshow.com clip, and uh, get into some uh, menu at Chardonnay's. Morning <laughs> after. The drink I'm going to make is called the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Cocktail. It is the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. We're an English bar and kitchen. And if you remember, the Queen is always in that blue suit with the hat and the big flower. So the concept for this drink is that outfit, her in the rose garden, in a glass. So that's just a, a quick clip from John McCarthy's uh, <laughs> cocktail series on today.com. So cool, John. So that was, what is the cocktail called? Uh, that's the, uh, well, the Queen's Diamond Jubilee cocktail. <laughs> I love that you said that she's always wearing the blue suit. She's, when, do, when is she not in she's, that? She's a queen. She better have more than one of those. I mean, I don't follow her that much. It's just in my mind, that's, that's Somewhere what I Somewhere she's I like, I have more suits than the blue suit. Have him murdered. <laughs> Speaking of that accent, yeah, we were just talking about. I mean, before we were talking about the performance of of bartending, and and John said he was a sword fighter, and I actually didn't understand what that meant. It being the geeky theater kid that yeah. John and I yeah. both are, I was like, oh no, stage combat, you know, Elizabethan fencing. Yeah, I did. A, I, I I spent uh, several years um, doing a lot of uh, Shakespeare around the country, and I was uh, uh, more often than not, I was a hired gun. So I played Tybalt several times because I would just come in and be the. the oh, so you got bad, to die. You got to I, die. Ba- I got to die a lot. What's the best? What's the, the, the lead best killed, dying? The lead. Uh, the best was um, in uh, what was it? Henry Henry Four. 
Oh, I, got, I love Margaret and Henry Ford. It's my favorite Shakespearean character. She is such a bitch. I got an axe to the belly and then what? dragged across the floor as he like ripped open my chest. That was a good death. How about that? Was there fake blood? Was there fire? Uh, no, I don't, God, I don't, I don't think there was. I think I had my back t- to the audience so they didn't see to see the blood. But then I had to be dead on stage for like a half an hour. <laughs> Great director. Great director. Thanks. Hopefully you just Thanks. took a nap or something. I know. It starts snoring. I was always afraid I'd fall asleep and start snoring on stage. <laughs> well, moving into our next segment. Uh, sorry, not to cut you off about sleeping on stage. Hey, sorry. I know um, that was fascinating. Speaking of, of sleeping, if you have too much Chardonnay, you're going to fall asleep. So what's on the menu at Chardonnay's? Um, I was at uh, Red Hook Winery this week and I got to uh, to taste some wine with Mark Snyder the proprietor there he's also um, he also runs Angel Share Wine and Abe Schoner of uh, Scolium Project and he's also a, a winemaker at Red Hook Winery and I asked them the the thrilling question what is on the menu at Chardonnay's so Joe do we have those clips you can hear what's on the menu at Chardonnay's Abe Schoner of Scolium Project and Red Hook Winery what is on the menu at Chardonnay's Golden, deep-fried, butter-fried, whole shrimp. I think there needs to be some coconut on there, too. But <laughs> Mark Snyder of Angel Share Wines and Red Hook Winery, what is on the menu at Chardonnay's? I'm going to say penne a la vodka and tiramisu for dessert. <laughs> I, I actually remember working in 2004 at a restaurant that served penne a la vodka. I worked at an olive garden. You in did? 1999. Really? Oh my God. I was a host, a hostess. Oh. My yeah. first rest, my two first restaurant jobs, one was at a retirement, a Marriott owned retirement community called the Forum at Brookside. And I, wa- I waited in the dining room and I also valet parked the scooters. True story. <laughs> I had to wear a tuxedo. Dinner was served at 5.30 every single night and they had a sign that said valet parking here. They would drive the scooters up. There were two speeds on every one, a turtle and a rabbit. So my coworkers and I would crank it up to rabbit and race them down the hall but they ended it when one of our coworkers got a little drunk on some New Year's Eve wine and drove a scooter into the pool. I, I figured That's there awesome. had to have been some sort of accident I mean, to, to let teenagers ride scooters. But is... Olive Garden was my first real restaurant job. We actually, was... we, uh, a few I'd love episodes. i to see a picture of that. <laughs> a few episodes back, we interviewed uh, a woman who we, we called Agent Olive. And uh, this is someone who I, I worked with long ago and has recently moved back to her hometown. And this is the highest volume restaurant, the Olive Garden. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, she, you know, I'm. Darden I'm, Restaurant Group. They're. Quadrillionaires. They own Red Lobster also. Yes, Red Lobster. Which, I mean, speaking of theater, is my favorite dinner and a show. <laughs> In Times Square. Absolutely. Uh, John, what, what is on the cocktail menu at Chardonnay's? Um, uh, uh, I was trying to think of it earlier. There, it's actually out there right now, and I couldn't believe it because it's such a throwback. It's um, uh, infused vodka that comes out of the can in a foam. What? And it's like marsh. There's a marshmallow flavor and a chocolate flavor. So I'm thinking the chocolate vodka foam, just in a big like nine ounce martini glass, <laughs> you know, and then a big marshmallow just sticking on the top of it. <laughs> that they maybe light on fire. Yeah, and we'll, we'll call it the Jenny T. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, you've My got a cocktail at Chardonnay. <laughs> chocolate foam and a marshmallow, <laughs> and it's you know nine ounces of 
disgusting goodness. Well, thank you so much for being here, John. My pleasure. It was great talking cocktails. Um, and if everyone is, is liking what they're hearing today, uh, become a member. You can go on to heritageradionetwork.org and, and donate and keep us all alive. Keep, keep these shows rocking. I'm Jesse Kiefer. It was great to be here with you, Jen. Thank Til you. Next I'm week. Jen Tullock. Till next week. Another fabulous day on the morning after here on Heritage Radio Network. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.